Thanks for tuning in to the Plug Podcast. This is Scott Simonson. We're excited about this episode because it's the first one in our MKE studio. We're in the entertainment corridor of Milwaukee and very excited to be here. Um, Joining us on this episode is Ben Bastian, who is a distribution specialist for the beer and libations industry. He's been doing this for over a decade now. We asked him on to shed some light on what it's like to make a deal on behalf of distributors to craft brewers to the big breweries as well as what it means to be on the other side, the receiving end for venues, bars, restaurants, anyone who is going to be serving these libations um, or spirits or or beverages uh, as a form of entertainment. And we get a chance to talk a little bit about Racine, um, the Milwaukee brewing community, and rugby as an active lifestyle and how how it can develop a brotherhood amongst those who contribute. That being said, this episode is brought to you by Eddie's Complete Carpet Care, where complete means everything. Don't get overcharged by the competitors who have a great low rate to introduce you. And then when they get there, they start up charging you per room, per stairs, for everything. Um, Eddie's Complete Carpet Care, one price means everything. If you are a student student, and you want to make sure that you get your full security deposit, be proactive. Um, get your get your buddies to your roommates to chip in and just take care of those carpets that's one last thing you can you have to worry about coming out of your security deposit if you're a homeowner and you are responsible and you're going to be doing some spring cleaning because it's finally nice out get those get those floors tiles upholsteries everything that can retain stains and odors um, he can be cleaned don't let it go until next year. You can reach Eddie by finding him on Facebook at Eddie's Complete Carpet Care. Or just give him a call or shoot him a text at 262-909-5550. Uh, they're fully insured and give free estimates. Eddie's Complete Carpet Care is ready to meet your needs, uh, whatever that may be. Thanks for tuning in, and here's the episode. We are live. Let me get us kicked off here. My name's Scott. I'm the producer. To my left is Regina Simonson. And to our center, we have Benjamin Bastion, also known as Ben Bastion, a.k.a. G. Mutta Truckin' Busta. Going way back to high school there. Yeah, going to high school there. <laughs> so Ben and I have been friends for a long time. We've been um, pals. We've lived together. We went to high school together. We played uh, rugby together. And we even went to college together. I think you have to kind of do those two things. But um, that being said, Ben, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's wonderful to be had, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Regina, how are you doing today? Awesome. <laughs> we have overcome some valleys, some hills, crossed some bridges, and yeah. built some new trust, haven't we? Straight up. Today, Scott and I said to each other, it's so unpleasant to spend time with you. <laughs> yeah, we straight up, we said that. We we said that. We got real. Relationship real AF right real here. Real AF. Weird, because I lived with him and I said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is a common trend, living with Scott Simonson. It takes some durability. But we realized, while there's nothing in the world that we want more than a happy, healthy relationship with each other, so... Hey, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I love you. You're worth every ounce of everything. And this is why we brought you on here, to just... I'm glad I could be a part of it. Yeah. 
have this conversation. Um, so one of the things uh, we wanted to announce, or not announce, but talk about on this episode is why we feel it's important to continue producing episodes of The Plug, what The Plug means to us, and um, how it's always been a part of our process, or part of our journey since we've started doing things together. That's the we and Regina and I. Regina, can you share a little bit about what it was that started this vision and um, really got us into, got us in contact to these people of interest? Absolutely. So I picked up a paintbrush one day and started having a lot of fun with it and was already interested in live music. So decided to kind of mash those two together. Started live painting at shows, music festivals, events of all sorts, uh, and made a lot of contacts that way. And then obviously brought Scott along and he really found his own... His own way to uh, capture the moment and slowly started acquiring production equipment and has really become um, an in-house media production company that I'm lucky enough to always have with me. (laughs) With me? Pun intended on the in-house as we are in... Our new house. And a production company. You got to love these things. And if I can take uh, take on the second half of that story, um, one thing that was noticed is that when Regina was painting, they would act as, she would paint these very large canvases, uh, varying sizes, but mostly these large canvases would draw in um, individuals of a like mind. And it would attract like butterflies to a light and... Well, yeah, that that in that uh, it would, and we would have these awesome conversations. These people of interest would be venue owners, they would be promoters, um, performers, people who had just gotten off the stage. The mics are still hot. The speakers are still got some wobble in them, and they'd come over and be like, "This is amazing! What are you doing here? Why haven't you been here forever? Why am I meeting you now?" And then it would spew into this awesome conversation of, "Well, we're we appreciate your appreciation. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for saying this is great. We're all here because um, we're looking for a good time." And then over time, we learn to evolve in how we contribute to that good time. Um, So it's been an important part to, and always part of the vision, which is to have really exceptional people on um, to share information that's most valuable to you because these conversations were always valuable to us. And I think it's important that um, someone is able to share these perspectives and we just happen to be the first one to, to do it with this group, first to this network and well, we plan to keep doing it and keep expanding on these. So if there's someone that you think is deserving of a platform or has something new to share or news to break, um, consider the Plug Podcast as your available platform and reach out to us on any of the social media platforms, most likely at The Plug Life, both on Twitter and Facebook and The Plug under, or the Plug podcast with underscores as spaces on Instagram. Super easy to figure out what all that meant. So that (laughs) concludes our plugging of ourself. (laughs) Um, We do happen to have a specialist in the house. Specialist. So I'd like to introduce Benjamin Bastian. How you doing today? And can you share a little bit about why I had asked you on today? Sure. 
So for starters, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I've been in the uh, distribution industry for 10, going on 11 years now. Um, beer, alcohol, I've uh, been a little bit of all of it. So you asked me to come on and uh, share some thoughts on it. Well, that's an extremely important um uh, item to retail in a lot of the venues. If you own a music venue, you know you got to have liquor and beer to serve your your audience. How you know that's one of your big um, revenue generators. Where do you see where do you see that a venue owner typically has conflict when considering different um, different products to offer to their audience or different products to offer? Um, I think some of it can come with just uh, which distributor you decide to go with. Some distributors will cut you a good deal, so therefore you're limited on the products that you can get or the products that you can have. Um, so if you go with a predominantly Miller distributor or predominantly Budweiser distributor, you know, depending on how, how much products you want to have in there, um, you can kind of handicap yourself. But if you get a good deal from a distributor to exclusive their products, then that could change things. So that seems like it would be extremely competitive. Very. Yeah. So what are some of the points that... Um, one distributor may compete with another. Is it a number of like beers that they order? Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of factors. I mean, up here, you, you obviously we're in Miller's back house, so they try to play the local card a lot, having uh, Miller brands, but um, other distributors have various craft brands. They've been able to build that. You know, companies that have more brands, uh, some might say better brands, uh, more independent brands. Um, people look at all those different things. So that might be something that people don't know. Is So you uh, a distributor will re represent a large established brewery, but they may also represent craft breweries as well? Correct. How does that work? Do they make individual deals with each craft brewery? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Um, so each distributor in the state, at least, um, you know, you kind of have your Miller network of distributors and then your Budweiser ones. Um, some of the liquor distributors are actually getting into the beer game as well. Really? Um, but it's just a matter of reaching out to new breweries that... Um, a distributor might think have a, a shot at doing well and reaching out to them and seeing where they're uh, at on wanting to get in distribution and, and making a deal that way for, you know, something long-term. Have you seen any trends? So uh, a surge in how important people think craft brewing is. So um, do all of a sudden a lot of companies want to buy small batch made items? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, obviously independent being in Milwaukee, you're seeing a lot more breweries pop up around here. Distributors want what's local because that's what, that's what the people want. That's how you get your shelf space out there. That's how you get tap lines in the bars. Um, you get that, you know, that's how you get noticed. But um, these big brewers are, they see that as well. So they want to buy up a lot of these small guys. And you've seen that um, out in the marketplace. And you'll have your very hardcore uh, craft drinkers, if you will, decide, well, I don't want to drink that anymore if they're mm -hmm. bought up by the big guys. So, <laughs> you, you know, what, some of these, these breweries that start up, you know, what's their end game? Do they want to stay independent or do you want to grow popular enough to be bought out? That's a big wow. part of it, too. That's important. How important is networking in your industry? Uh, it's pretty big networking within just with customers all around. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that go into between special events and stuff like that. And um, just getting to know your sales rep for the brewery. So you have one guy that represents them. He usually represents the state or region. Um, we have brewmasters that come in, so we get a chance to meet um, a lot of the different people that are you know, associated with the brewery fuel. A lot of the owners like to come in and talk about their products too and how they got to where they are. You know, especially with a lot of these smaller craft breweries, it gets more intimate. They want to they share their story versus sure. just like, hey, we're the big guy. We've been around forever. 
So as someone who has serviced the area, serviced the market, what are some of your favorite places to go grab a beer when you ha- do have free time or looking to meet up socially? Yeah, uh, I like to go to the actual breweries myself. Uh-huh. Um, they tend to have a lot of one-off things that don't necessarily uh, make it to the general public. Um, I like to go to places that have a lot of tap lines. I like a variety. I don't like to drink the same thing twice. Definitely. Uh, that's just me, so... Well, that's that's great. Was there was there anyone in the game that in the distribution game that kind of helped you out, that um, showed you showed you a little bit of the way, or um, uh, pointed you towards some resources that were beneficial? Um, I think it was more so just the place that I first started at, just giving me a chance. I was I started there when I was twenty. Yeah. You know, so I couldn't drink, and then you know worked my way up, just kind of doing the special events. Um, you know. Through hard work, they decided to give me a chance on a sales route as a young buck and just went for it. My sales manager at the time probably uh, was my most help because I didn't know anything, you know, so. That's awesome. Um, If I can share a little bit about someone who gave us uh, or pointed us in the right direction, it would have to be the Wilsons um, from New Hampshire. They not only have an amazing band and and gorgeous family, um, but they were extremely welcome welcoming to Regina and I at the very budding era of our relationship. Um, so shout out to the Wilsons, New Hampshire. Yeah, that's our cousins. They let us sleep in their, <laughs> in their barn. Shout out. <laughs> so they Wilsons, have, you're they have a lovely home and then they have a barn and a garage and it has, um, a space on top that is now their recording studio that awesome. they just recorded their album that is number one on the reggae charts yeah. <laughs> in that studio, I believe. Insert dub here. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing it? Oh, oh in post production. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I was waiting for something. I, know, there. I didn't I hear it at all. Happening. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, when Scott and I are, were on our first Dream Life tour, which consisted in putting everything we own in a trailer that was way too big to be towed by the RAV4 car. And driving it across the country, and then we got to New Hampshire to my cousin's house, and we were like, "We're here, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> what do we do now, guys?" Yeah, they're like just they're stay like, in our barn, stay in the barn. It's fine, it and that's what we did. We were there for probably five weeks, maybe. Yeah, it was we a good were amount there of time for a long time. Which that's a long time to have house guests. Thank Even you. Even if they're in the barn. Ben Franklin <laughs> says uh, house guests are like fish. They start to smell after three days. So, yeah. Oh, thank you guys for <laughs> your Thankfully, they figured it out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they handled it with such grace, you know, just. Yeah. So, what does a distributor, dis, uh, specialist in the distribution industry, do in their free time? Specialist? I don't know if I go that far. Just oh, uh, somebody is, that's been in the industry I for maybe a little yeah, while, but that's specialist. I would, yeah, definitely. I would say more personally, what does Ben Bastian do in his free time? Uh, a lot of my free time is consumed with rugby. rugby. Uh, I've been playing that for a long time, but uh, we're not doing that. Or even when we're traveling to different cities for rugby, I like to find. Uh, local breweries in the area and just check out what's new. Maybe find the next uh, hot brewery that everybody's talking about. That's awesome. In rugby, what position do you play? The number means something, right? Second row, number four. Whoa, whoa. Uh, 13 years straight. Lockout. Played flanker one B-side game. It was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Rugby joke. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know rugby if you haven't been a hooker. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, well, yeah, so, um, 
God, that was a flawless transition. So, so Regina, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what was it about the distribution industry that made you feel really comfortable and want to spend your career doing something like that? You did this at 20. 20 years old, you got yeah. your interest. So, yeah, just obviously being 20, you know, obviously everybody's like... Beer! Yeah, ex- <laughs> no, exactly. That stayed, said it perfectly. Um <laughs> Kind of needed a job and saw that the local distributor at the time was hiring. I'm like, oh, that might be cool. Started doing that. It was kind of fun, you know, always beer guy or whatever. <laughs> and uh, kind of worked your way into sales and it started to be fun. I'm pretty competitive myself, so uh, sales got to be fun. And then I bounced around to a wine and liquor uh, distributor, and now I'm back again with beer. So oh. it's, uh, it's oh. fun. I like the competition. It can be a little childish uh, sometimes, but I still think it's fun. I like the challenge every day. Competition. So yep. you said you're competitive. Yep. I think Scott might be competitive too. How did that work living together? You two were roommates, no? Yes. We, we almost went at it one time. <laughs> <laughs> As is natural with roommates. Yeah. Or is there a how, sort of a balance to your relationship? Yeah. Because how do we make it work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We partied well together. We did. Um, that was a good ass. We played rugby for a while, so I practiced. Uh, I think Coach maybe made a, <laughs> made a scope against each other a few times to, to have it out or scrimmage against each other. But uh, we're friends, so at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. We'll let it ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good stuff. So it's- Scott spends a lot of his free time watching fights, UFC fights. Well, when they're on, and they're on fairly frequently, and thanks to the recent purchase by IMGWME um, of four billion dollars, it's a they've they got to make up that investment. So they're you're they're just try- trying to help out. You're just trying to do your part. <laughs> you know, I just want to be an avid viewer and appreciator or appreciate the sport. Mm-hmm. It's a good sport. We know people in the sport, and um, I hope that it's it's the modern day gladiator. Uh, there were grand coliseums for this exact same activity. Now there's a few more rules involved, but the the, Just a few. S- the setup is exactly the same. We all want to be entertained. We all want to see a little blood. We want to see a little violence, and and they do a good job at that. And now today's at premium athletes put on a very technical show thankfully it's come a long way where it's not just a barroom brawl and they keep getting they're allowed to punch after you've been knocked out the don fry days um you could they would get KO'd six or seven times in one fight and it would continue going on um but that's that's no longer the case. Thankfully, CT, the research on CTE and um, the methods of training have been, become more refined and respected. So I think it's a, I think it's a legitimate sport. It's been a, um, a, a form of entertainment since the dawn of time, and it'll continue. So speaking of brain damage, have yeah. you ever had any concussions in rugby? Yes. Yeah? Had one. Um, recently, they had... At our level of rugby, they've been testing a lot more just on-field type stuff. Um, I've had to take one HIA, head injury assessment, during a game. I passed. <laughs> um, Congratulations. I got my bell rung a few times, but... Um, so there's no... For those who don't know, there's no pads in rugby, mm-hmm. and there's no break in play unless something very serious occurs. What is... How do you address that? How do you keep pace? How do you train for that? Um, that's an intensive thing. Yeah. Um, 
Training-wise, it's just uh, being consistent, I think. Um, you really have to make rugby a priority, I feel like, if you want to be really good at it or be able to play 80 minutes uh, on a weekly basis. So just sticking with the workout regimen, we are fortunate enough one of our teammates owns a gym, um, kicks our butts once a week to kind of keep us going. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun so far. Hopefully I can keep going for a little bit longer. Definitely. What's the average age of retirement? Oh, my God, that's all over the board. Yeah. Um, you've got guys that will drop out of higher level competition and play senior level. So they kind of match their skill level and age. Um, so you could, mm-hmm. I, you could keep going as long as you really wanted to, to be honest with you. And I yeah. hope to keep going. I play. Feel, let's do it. Right. So would you say how much of rugby is an attitude and a lifestyle and how much of it is, uh, the dedication to the sport and, um, the form form following function? Uh, I th- think it's got to be almost all of it really I mean you really got to be dedicated to continue playing obviously we have the team I play for we have a very competitive side we have a social side for the guys that have families um, can only commit to one day a week and stuff like that but um, me personally I probably commit most of my time to that so you said there was a social side of the sport what it how what do you mean by that is how does it how can uh, how does that it's, manifest it's a it's a little less competitive it's a little less intense there's uh less travel it's uh, more or less i guess you could say less commitment uh from some guys okay um you're not required to make as many trainings or no one's going to beat you up too hard if you miss one or two of them but um uh that particular side doesn't travel as far either so that's a little bit easier on the guys where um the higher up you go we travel all around the midwest which and, can be tough and make a whole weekend out of it and do the do the rivalries um uh, do they live on after the match? No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what goes on after the match? No, everything, everything, everything stays on the field in rugby. So you could, uh, could want to tear someone's head off on the field, and then afterwards you uh, toss them a beer and say, hey, good game. You know, everything's left on the field. I've wanted to hurt a few guys on the field too, and afterwards, hey, man, good hard game. On to the next one. Absolutely. So, so nice as a thing young about. person in Milwaukee, what is something that would draw you to an event or a new night spot or a bar or something like that? What kind of vibe do you look for? Me personally? Yeah. Um, oh, man. I don't even know how to answer that, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just look for anything social that I know people are going to be at, something new, mm-hmm. something exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as I've said a hundred times, I look for anything that's beer involved because i like yeah. beer if there's a new release um there's a lot of places that do beer dinners you know stuff like that's always fun to go to so those are the kind of things that i i look for and there's a lot more of that stuff popping up so so rugby is is we spoke about mma and how it's gaining more and more attraction but rugby is something that's still um for those who are most passionate about it how do you stay in the process of of the lifestyle that it takes to be committed to rugby and what is it about that that you connect with deeply i I stay in it because i want to it's something fun of a a lot of my really close friends that i have right now i've met through rugby it it becomes a part of you it becomes a lifestyle um i think it's just like i said before so a lot of the my closest friends i've met through rugby so it becomes a brotherhood you want to go out there you know just going out of practice too it's kind of a release from everything else at work you get to when I got out of the practice field, I forget about everything. Stressed at work, whatever, you look forward to stuff like that. Um, plus game days, it helps go out and hit somebody you don't even know. Yeah. So that's always, uh, always a good time, too. But uh, maintaining the relationship with the guys, too. So it's not just out of practice, but we, we go out together. We go out to eat together. We you know, hang out in the off season. We work out together. So um, 
you, you really do develop a brotherhood, and that's a big thing in rugby too. So that kind of keeps you going and want to hang out with those guys. And when someone's thinking about hanging up the boots, you always got a couple guys beating you up wanting you to stay around for a little bit longer. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Is there ever drinking involved with rugby? There's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. R- rugby guys are known to uh, drink a few beers or two. Yeah. I met Scott. He was coming out of playing rugby pretty regularly, I feel like. Yeah. You were still talking about it a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's hard to shake those songs it from your is. head. And you know? we would just They're ingrained forever. And he would just, every time, just reminisce about what it was like drinking with the rugby guys. And here it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. It can be, definitely, yeah. So being in the city where there's a huge community for breweries, there's obviously the the, um, the Grand Paps, the... Uh, both Paps. Yeah, speaking of the Paps, we're recording this podcast right now, a block and a half from the historic Paps Brewery in Milwaukee's new entertainment corridor, just past the new Bucks Arena. So Mm -hmm. if you are in Milwaukee, definitely come check us out. We have the podcast studio here. We also have an art gallery that's open every day of the week, Mm, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sure. We're still working on the hours. Come by. <laughs> if we're not open, we'll here, shoo yeah. you away. Yeah. Or we'll come and report, record a podcast. Yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think it's smart just to name drop some breweries, talk about how yeah. it's so big here, and then maybe ask you about some like upcoming stuff that we should be looking out for. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're the person to name drop the breweries here. Who are the big players in Milwaukee? Uh, the big players, I would say you have... Oh. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's popped in. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you got uh, Milwaukee Brewing Company that's building a brand new facility right where you guys are at here. Um, Lakefront's been around for a long time. Um, you got your up and comers. You got uh, Good City. You got Third Space. You got City Lights, uh, Mobcraft. You got Brenner. You have Eagle Park. There's just a lot of stuff um, going on, going around. So brewing, brewing beer is the thing to do. It's a, it's a great business and it seems like there's a never-ending market it's a tough business tough business Why there's is it tough? there's only so many people that can drink it there's only so much shelf space there's only so many tap lines that can be had so um a lot of people think it's the cool thing to do right now but unless you really have good beer to brew and can make a name for yourself i think it can actually be really tough i mean i think just the u.s alone has seen a huge raise in the amount of breweries around and then now you're starting to see that come down a little bit the guys that can't you know, I hate to say it, that just can't hang, yeah. (laughs) Or, um, you know, maybe didn't go about it the right way uh, as far as getting their products out there. Perfect. Yeah. It's it's one thing to have a bunch of buddies say your homebrew is really good, they're trying to brew it on a large scale and have a large population like it. You know, those are two different things. Oh, for sure. That's funny. All of the breweries that you just named, we were gone for maybe two years, Mm -hmm. and they're all new. I haven't heard of... Any of those before? Yeah. Coming back this time. Shocking. Yeah. Is there a turnover rate where you'll see there's like a three-year arc where you find out if they can hang or if they can't really hang? I would say that's actually a pretty good number. Um, There's been one that I know for a fact that's uh, closed down, but a lot of these guys, the big ones, you'll see they'll they'll jump to a new facility, a bigger space, um, so you kind of can see quickly if they're going to make it or not. I don't think it'll take very long to see if the beer's actually really good, so... That's awesome. That's great. Um, for anyone that's interested in getting started, as a person who represents these brands, what's a what's something that is a good identifier? What's if you're going to start building your story now? What are the stories that people attach to with craft brewers? 
that you've heard. To get it started into what part of it? Um, as, oh, shoot, that's a great question, I guess. Um, the, you're, the industry so itself? The I mean, indus- yeah. if, you're, I mean if, you're, if you're more interested in the, in the brewery standpoint, I'm sure there's breweries that are, you know, you start from the ground up. You could just start as a, as a bartender okay. or a bar back. Um, okay. Just working there, getting to know what they do, how they do it. I mean, I'm sure there's a brewmaster that's willing to, or an assistant brewer that's willing to kind of share tricks of the trade or just a few things here and there. And then if, you know, obviously if someone likes that, they can work their way up from there. So that would be a good way. What are the starting entry levels? You, so you started in distribution. Mm-hmm. Another person can start as in bartending. Um, what are the entry levels? And then what are the, what's the pecking order going all the way up to final decision maker? Oh man, it depends what, uh, what part you're in really yeah, and what avenue yeah what really interests you i mean um i started out as just a merchandiser i was kind of a weekend guy filling shelves um did a lot of special events that was actually kind of fun for a while um there was better money in sales so i did that i enjoy that i'm competitive i like where i'm at um so obviously if somebody wanted to go up from there there's you know different management positions um you could a lot of distributors have um a craft brewery manager that manages you know a certain amount of brands, so I'll make sure everybody's, you know, feeling the love under that roof. And then, you know, just work your way up to senior management from there if you really wanted to, I guess. That's huge. And then from the brewery standpoint, um, home brewers, uh, starting out as a bartender or just uh, assistant brewer, somebody just helping out at the brewery on the weekends, uh, packing lines. Uh, a lot of guys do canning lines. And then uh, if guys really like it from there and want to learn how to brew, they can, I'm sure there's a brewery that'll take them in, help them out. Or a lot of these guys, if they don't get that chance they'll start their own yeah and if they're good enough they can hang hey i have a question and then i'm probably gonna wrap this podcast for myself uh what is one thing that each of you are proud to be from racine about (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's a good question and don't say malt balls (laughs) poor like malt balls Uh, or the racine bells racine bells uh, no, go ahead. No, go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, there's a few things that Racine is known for. It is an extremely industrial city, which makes it a mix of, I would say, 70% blue collar, 30% white collar, as there's that progression. Um, you're also going to see a lot of reinvestment into those employees. So Johnson uh, and the Johnson family, Johnson Wax, if you use any cleaning products, you'll, you'll know this company. Um, they created the JMBA, which is a gymnasium, tennis court, athletic center with dedicated trainers for available for all of their employees. Um, they also uh, hired Frank Lloyd Wright to hire to design one of his ma- his first and largest commercial buildings at the time, known as the Wing Set Building, I believe. Um, and then. Uh, other things about Racine is now, in the modern day, it's the home of Foxconn. So Racine County just received um, two different deposits for their, their major two-by-two-square-mile two two um, acquisition for the new headquarters of Foxconn, um, chi- a Chinese company coming to America to, for assembly and distribution. Um, so there's a lot of capital p- to play around with. If you are, if you're in Racine, and you are looking for um, someone to back your good ideas, 
that's a great time to be around there. Uh, additionally, a shout out to Fabi Maldonado, the new alderman for Mount Pleasant. I believe it's Mount Pleasant. He was just sworn in last week, went to training the week before in Las Vegas. Shout out, Fabi. Can't wait to see you. We got a meeting for next week. Talk about your campaign and some really cool things you got going on. The supporter of the Green Party and more importantly, the cannabis movement. Um, that's not his main staple, but he is a um, contributor to it. So to say I have pride in Racine means um, that it's a very supportive community. Uh, it's easy. There's not a lot. It's safe to fail there, uh, but you definitely should expand your horizons and your experience, go out of the city and bring whatever you learn new back to it because it's at its point where it's they're most receptive to new ideas. Killed it. <laughs> you know, you talked on the industrial thing. I think uh, people don't realize the amount of things that come out of Racine. Um, recently, I was watching a, a professional rugby game in New Zealand, and on, uh, one of their marquees was Case IH Tractors, which their headquarters <laughs> is in Racine, which how kind of crazy is that? But um, I don't know. I love Racine. It's it's small, but it's really big, too. And I think people forget that. It's very diverse. Um, people like to bash on Racine for some reason. I don't know. If you look it up in uh, Urban Dictionary, I think they say it's the armpit of Wisconsin. But uh, no, it's a, it's a great place, and I'm proud to be from there. Yeah. Shout out to Racine. Shout out to um, the O'Reilly Factor, another podcast that was produced out of Racine by some great people. Um, and Shout out to Borzinski's for making dank sandwiches. Borzinski's <laughs> Market. Hey, dank sandwiches and some of the spiciest and most dangerous hot sauce to pour on food because of how fast it comes out of its bottle. Yeah, it's really fast. You should put a little stopper on there. It's called Hell's Kitchen, man. It's yeah. really spicy. Hell's Kitchen Hot Sauce. It's fiery. And consider expanding your hours. Definitely. Come on now. Come on, Borzinski's. Well, I want to thank you, Ben. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for coming on to the plug. Um, Regina, you're amazing. I love you. Thanks for building bridges today of trust and companionship. And um, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we appreciate you for being around. We, you were there when we started, and um, you've been with us as we grow, and you're going to be with us through the next phases of growth and development and expansion in the Milwaukee County area, greater Milwaukee area, and the Midwest as a whole. We've got some great comics from Chicago coming on soon. We have some very important people in industry and the live music um, entertainment side of the business coming on soon, and we have a very special person from commercial real estate. Uh, we can't disclose who at this point, but um, just get excited because we are taking advantage of the efforts that go into what is the greater Milwaukee area and the new developments that, that you can see and partake in today. So as always, the plug podcast is daytime for the nightlife. We are here to entertain you and to share the best information that comes to us. And if you want to reach out and, and you think this may be a good platform for something that you have to share, hit us up either on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We are always active and always on. Stay plugged in with the plug podcast. And you can also find us at theconicsource.com. Thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 21. 
Awesome. Shout out Chris Ritchie. We got to see you before you move to Minneapolis. Get your ass over here. Chris <laughs> Ritchie. Come on. We've had two episodes with you already. Get over here. Peace. Peace. See you guys. Thanks. <laughs> So that was the conclusion of episode 20. Ben Bastian, special shout out. Thanks for coming on. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Regina, as always, you're amazing. And uh, everyone who's listening, thanks for thanks for being a part of this. Uh, we are excited to keep going and keep the productions going. If you have someone that uh, you're, you think should could benefit from this platform share the share the information share the posts that we put out share the podcast talk about it Uh, and at the very least if you want someone on let us know about it we we'd be happy to have them and we're we're featuring many people of interest from the live or from the nightlife entertainment industries from stand-up comedy live music athletics sports um if you have an athlete friend or something or another Come join us. Thanks thanks again for tuning in and have a wonderful day.